Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. One of the most, uh, I, this is an odd thing to say because he's labored in the vineyards for so many years, but one of the most underrated people, but very, very important as an apostle of limited government and low tax reform is our next guest, my good friend Grover Norquist, who was founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. Grover, I just want to say that, okay? I, I, I don't know if everybody appreciates the work you've done down through these many years, but I appreciate it. How's that? Well, I appreciate thank you, Larry. Thank you. It's my great pleasure. Anyway, Grover, there's a couple things on my mind this morning. Thank you for doing this on a Saturday morning. We appreciate it. Uh, Americans for Tax Reform, great, um, great uh, organization. I just want to spend a moment on this um, uh, omnibus appropriations bill that passed last week. Uh, in the midst of war and inflation and every other thing, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, we covered it on the TV show, but... Um, a couple things here. N- n- number one, it was a big bill, one and a half trillion dollars. Uh, no attempts to cut domestic spending. No attempts to cut. We never cut domestic spending anymore. Both parties are guilty. A whole gaggle of Republicans voted for this damn thing. The other thing, Grover, is earmarks are back. Uh, I thought we buried earmarks. I thought you buried earmarks and Steve Moore buried earmarks and they're back and Republicans voted for earmarks in the Senate. Not so much in the House, but in the Senate. How is this possible, Grover? It's like, you know, with with multi-trillion dollar deficits, we're going backwards. Well, we are. Uh, First of all, the, the Democrats held the increase in defense spending that we need thanks to the Soviet Union, Russia's new misbehavior. Uh, And they said, oh, we'll only give you money for Ukraine and for defense if you give us the same amount of money for social welfare spending, never mind the several trillions of dollars we've thrown into the air on welfare. So they really held the defense budget hostage. So that's Mm. why some Republicans end up voting. That's why why the defense budget costs so much, because you have to pay $2 uh, of taxes in government to get $1 of actual defense. Um, (laughs) And they did this to us back during the Reagan years uh, as as well. On earmarks, earmarks really are the currency of corruption. Mm. You give someone an earmark to get them to vote for a bill that they'd otherwise oppose. So you buy bad votes, the Republican who goes, oh, well, I'm going to get this bridge for my district, and it's too much money. But basically, you you buy votes with those earmarks, and it leads to corruption. I mean, the reason why some congressmen end up in trouble is they get paid to get an earmark. You don't you don't get paid to vote for an overall budget. You get paid cash to vote for an earmark, and it's very corrupting, and it's a very bad idea. And I'm very proud of the many Republicans who brought us to know earmarks. Uh, Jeff Flake. Um, Arizona was a hero. Coburn was a hero. A lot of the Republicans made this happen. Wouldn't have happened without the Republican fight there. We need to get back in the harness uh, and and get rid of those earmarks for all for all time. I know. I mean, it's, who was it? I don't know. Somebody said this on the TV show this week, but the Republican Senate conference is still on the record as opposing earmarks, and yet so many of them voted for the earmarks. So they're voting against... Yeah, they voted for the bill that had the earmarks. Now, the Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, he put no earmarks in, whereas Schumer put all sorts of stuff in. 
So mm. there, there is a difference between the two parties. At the end of the day, a lot of those earmark things got in. Just most of them were for deeds. Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear Mitch McConnell didn't. So that's all right. That's good. I didn't and, know that, Grover. I did not Boehner, know that. The old, the old Republican Speaker Boehner never took an earmark his entire life. Yeah, that's right. I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. I mean, look, among other things, uh, the numbers may not be as gigantic, but earmarks do increase spending. I mean, let's face it. I think the number was $8 billion in this bill. Yeah, but, but, but I would argue the damage of earmarks is not the $8 billion. It's the $8 billion which purchased the votes for the $1.5 trillion. Right, right. So they convinced right. people to vote for a larger bill than they'd otherwise vote for. Well, I'm just saying it's a worthy conversation because I don't want it to go unnoticed. And I keep raising it on the shows and we just can't let this happen. I mean, you know, I was talking to Newt about this, Newt Gingrich. And we, you know, at some point, Grover, we have to come up with we conservatives, limited government supporters, supply siders. We have to come up with a plan about a balanced budget. All right. I mean, a a balanced budget the right way by limiting or freezing or cutting domestic spending and taxing and regulating. So we will spend less and grow the economy more and let the Laffer bring in those revenues. But we've lost the train of that. Haven't we? I mean, there's no one's talking about that. Here's here's the good news. We have that plan. It was the Paul Ryan plan. It passed the House four times during the Obama years, passed the Senate once. Of course, Obama wasn't going to sign it. What it did was he took all the welfare programs, not Social Security and Medicare, where people pay money in and, and pay for some of it. But the stuff, the aid to families with dependent children, uh, food stamps, uh, all, of, uh, all of the money that goes and just hands it to somebody because, hi, I'm here. I need money. Give me money. Uh, housing subsidies, those sorts of things. You block grant those to the states. So in the 50 states, if mm. you got $10 billion last year, you get $10 billion this year, and it grows no faster than inflation. That alone, over time, bends down the cost curve to where you not only balance the budget, you, you, you go out 78 years, you pay down the debt. I mean, it, it really is. It's slow, mm. it's steady. Uh, and what you have is 50 states, 40 of whom will seriously work to keep their spending down. The other 10 will career off into bankruptcy. Sorry about that, California and New York. <laughs> but the, 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 the 40 states can show how to do it. That's what happened when Clinton signed the welfare reform bill, which block granted aid to families with dependent children, now TANF. Um, mm-hmm. And that meant that some states, Wyoming dropped its welfare spending more than half. Most states had about a 30 percent savings. And in Hawaii, it was the only state that got worse. I, I've still never figured out what Hawaii did. But everybody else figured out how to get the money to people who needed it. You know, if you get a block grant, you care about waste, fraud, and abuse. Because now it's your money. Mm-hmm. But you don't care about Washington's money being wasted in your state if it's not your program. Because it's not your money. You don't get to keep it if, if you can save money and do it better. So we have the vision. That is there. The Republicans have voted for it. Nobody's lost an election. And mm. that's what we missed by one vote when McCain voted no on a bill that everybody thought of as getting oh. rid of Obamacare. But much more important was it block grant and Medicaid. That was the savings in that right. bill over right, right, time. Right. So, Grover, where is the Ryan plan? Is there a document? 
Um, it, well, it, it's it's just as I explained it. They're, they're the budgets each year. I went. To, I called Ryan uh, years ago and said, uh, Hernando de Soto, the great Peruvian economist who works on property rights, is in town. He'd like to meet with you. And Ryan said, I can meet with you in two months for half an hour. <laughs> two months. <laughs> is, you know what are you talking? He said, Grover. I am spending a half an hour with every single member of the Republican caucus hmm. to explain this year's version of the Ryan plan. The only thing that changes is the actual numbers. So the concepts, every year he met with everybody. This is why a Republican plan to dramatically reform government mm-hmm. and reduce spending, every Republican said very comfortable voting for it again and again and again because they really understood it. And Ryan told me, Paul Ryan, before he was speaker and then a speaker, he said, I won't let anyone co-sponsor my bill Mm. until I'm convinced they understand it. Because I don't want somebody going out and getting on TV going, I'm for this bill and and, and misrepresenting Mm. what's in it. Uh, And so we can go back to that level of discipline. uh, But it'd be interesting. You might want to have Ryan on to walk through how yep. he would see it at this point. Have you talked to Newt? Because Newt's pushing the, the balanced budget concept. And this oh, sounds... Yeah, I'm for a yeah. no, I mean, balanced budget, but the only way to really get there is to reform government smaller rather than slash. Because right. you know, slashing is you cut muscle as well as fat, and people will point out that you made a mistake here or there. I'd rather let the 50 states compete, just as we are on tax reform. We're seeing massive tax reduction. 12 states are moving towards zero income tax. That's going to force in state income tax. That's going to force the bad states to be less bad and eventually to get better. Yeah, let's talk about state tax cuts. Um, the state flat tax movement grows. That was an editorial in the journal. Georgia is the latest to suggest a reform with a single rate on income. Uh Kim Reynolds of Iowa has produced a flat tax reform. I think Arizona uh, is producing. Arizona, 2.5%. 2.5%. And as soon as they get there in about a year, they want to go to zero. Uh, Ducey has really uh, moved things there. Uh, Senator uh, J.D. Mesnard is the guy who is driving it through the Senate, the 2.5% flat tax. Um, And uh, Majority Leader in the the House, uh, Ben Toma, are the two guys, along with the governor, who brought it was eight percent by the way because of the stupid mm. initiative that was, turned out to be unconstitutional, but now it's going to two and a half percent this next year. There's an effort now actually to take that to two point three percent, even lower, and then to zero. Uh, Ways and Means uh, Chairman Shaw Blackman in drove this uh, in uh, Georgia, uh, and it looks there we're talking about taking their top rate of five point seven and a half, five five point seven to five percent down to five and a quarter. Although I would remind the nice people in Georgia that getting down to a flat tax of 5.25 is still higher than Massachusetts's flat tax. Okay, mm. um, so they need to go further in Georgia, but that is a really nice step in the right direction. Um, as you said, Iowa, their, their corporate rate was once over was once 12 percent, mm-hmm. and it's now going down to five and a half. Got to remember to take those corporate rates down as well as the individual rates each time. Yep. Yep. That's. You know, Kim Reynolds is a good governor, Grover. She's amazing, a good governor. Amazing she, stuff. Um, and they've got a, a Senate leadership there, Jack Whitford. Um, hmm. he he's talking about, okay, nice to go to a flat tax, but on to zero. 
and uh, the governor's not opposed to that truth, but but the uh, Jack Whit- Whitmer, Whitmer rather Whitver, that's a B, Whitver, um is pushing to go. Let's go to zero. And I know the governor's thinks that's a good idea too. And then um, there's an editorial in the journal Tax Cut Showdown in Michigan. Um, governor Whitmer, who's got to be one of the worst, this Gretchen Whitmer, one absolutely of worst, one of the worst governors in America. However. Uh, the legislature passed a bill that would cut the individual income tax rate to 3.9 from four and a quarter. So uh, how's that going to turn out? Well, uh, she vetoed it. Um, it passed. Eric Nesbitt was driving this in the Senate. I was actually talking to him this morning. Senator uh, Eric Nesbitt was driving it in the Senate. They had a really good bill. The House watered it down a little bit, um, but it's a two and a half, you know, two and a half trillion dollar tax cut. Billion, billion, billion. I'm sorry. It's a state. State's waste billions the federal government wastes trillions <laughs> billions um, and, and Whitmer says oh no we can't have a tax cut it's not sustainable this from the governor who took all that one-time spending that Washington threw at her and is trying to turn it into permanent spending completely uh, not sustainable but she doesn't mm-hmm. mind unsustainable spending she's just against tax cuts she's even against uh, reducing the gasoline tax temporarily in her state She's really bad news for Michigan. They they could be doing so much better. Grover, when do we get a flat tax reform in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut? Um, Well, we are finally getting New Hampshire four years from now to be a completely no income tax state. They, Mm. They don't tax wages, but they still tax dividends and interest. But they're phasing that down in four years to zero. Mm. Maine, if Governor LePage comes back, he's running for re-election. I love Le- again. He was governor. He, he's, he's terrific. On, let's he's go terrific. To zero. Yeah. He wants to phase that down to zero. So we're beginning to get states surrounding New York as we move forward. Remember, Pennsylvania is a flat rate tax. Uh, uh, Indiana just had some significant tax reduction. We, we have twelve state, eight states with no income tax and 12 that are committed to going there, meaning the governor's for it or the state legislative leadership's for it. They've taken some tax cuts in that direction. North Carolina, uh, six years from now, there'll be no corporate income tax phasing out mm. completely. Mm. They're close to phasing out the individual income tax as well. Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky wasn't even on the playing field three weeks ago. The House the House passed a phase out to zero. I talked to the Senate leader. Mm. He's excited about going to zero. They've got the votes to override a Democrat governor's uh, veto if he wants to veto it. Um, so Kentucky is look is looking to phase down uh, to zero as as well. There's a, Oklahoma Governor Stitt um, has a very significant tax cut, but even more important than cutting taxes is he said in the state of the state, "Hey, there are eight states with nothing. Here's my tax cut. We got to get going towards zero. Mm. Uh, this is this year's tax cut." So even the guys who are just cutting taxes one time are looking to phase it out forever. Uh, Mississippi had an overwhelming vote in the House. Uh, uh, Phil Gunn, their uh, House leadership speaker, he's got a phase out to zero over 12 years. Mm. Uh, The House is looking to join. The governor, uh, Tate Reeves, is a big supporter of this in West Virginia. The Mm. Senate voted to phase down to zero. Uh, The governor supports it. House wants to start with a 10% cut. Not a bad start on, mm. on the way to zero. 10% is not a bad way to, to start that ball rolling. North Dakota, the House has voted to phase their 2.5% income tax to zero. Mm. Governors generally supportive. House is, uh, Senate's wondering about it. Uh, 
And so we're seeing some real movement there. South Carolina is beginning to move. The governor there on his state of the state said, we're going to zero because we're sitting between Florida at Mm. zero and Mm. North Carolina, which is careening towards zero (laughs) and growing every year. They cut the income tax for 10 years. And what happens? They get more growth and more jobs and sadly more revenue. Uh, (laughs) Um, So uh, North Carolina is going gangbusters. We're talking to Grover Norquist, who was the founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. Now, Grover, you've got uh, so all these states are cutting taxes and flattening their tax rates. And here's the Bidens that still cling to the idea of taxing rich people and raising the tax on corporations and raising the international tax burdens on corporations. So we've got to integrate now. We need some flat tax reform uh, at the federal level, and we need to integrate that with the idea of a balanced budget. We need to do both at the same time, it seems to me. Absolutely. And the best way to get something done in Washington is to do it in 10 states. That's how we got welfare reform. That's how we got term limits on committee chairs, uh, because we were doing term limits at the state level. Uh, If you get 10 states, that's how we got right to try to allow people with uh, deadly diseases to be able to have access sooner to drugs that they need, uh, because 40 states passed laws to allow it, even though the federal government wasn't there. So I love the idea of surrounding Washington, D.C. with good examples that work so that senators and congressmen from states with flat rate taxes, Illinois has got a flat rate tax. Illinois has a single rate tax. So does Massachusetts. Hmm. Before I immigrated to the United States, I used to live in Massachusetts. And uh, that's a, because they have a single rate tax, it's difficult to raise. You'd think that Illinois would have a 10 percent rate. It's like four. They're, in Massachusetts, it's 5.1. Uh, why? Because a single rate tax means when the politicians want to spend more money, they have to look at everybody at once and say, I'm taxing all of you for my good idea. Mm. We all put our hands up to ours and say, then we're all listening. What's your good idea? Well, it's not that good. Mm. I'll go away. Um, did, did Ryan's plan have a tax component? Uh, it, it was a spending plan to get spending down. Once you've got that, you can, using reconciliation, take all that lovely savings into the future and bring taxes down. Right, 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 right. Well, I think we baked into the cake for generations to come. I think we need to start talking this stuff up, okay? Absolutely. I really do. You know, I, I mean, I, I think we've beaten the bill back better. I, I think we saved America and killed that bill. But I think we need to go on the offensive, Grover, and really start talking about this budget reform and tax reform. Anyway, folks, that was Grover Norquist, founder and president of Americans for Tax Reform. Larry Kudlow will be back in just a few minutes. Thank you, Grover. Great stuff. Thank you, Larry. Larry Kudlow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 